<laughs> so I just want to start out the gate, and we don't do this enough, but I've been watching a lot of Avatar clips this the last two weeks. Um, I even texted Matt on I think last Tuesday or Wednesday, and I was like, uh, the Avatar YouTube channel is having like all the final battles, right? So they had yeah. Azula versus Zuko, they had Aang versus the Fire Lord, they had Korra versus um Mecha Hitler, um Korra versus <laughs> no. No, 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 remember season four? Yeah, Mecha, Mecha Hitler, and then in season three, she fights Al-Qaeda, so it's all yeah, good. Yeah, see, there you go. Yeah. Um, We're not traumatized in this country at all. No. <laughs> and, but it was, I remember uh, in real time watching Avatar, one of, like, the craziest things, it's like, Avatar is one of, like, the biggest products to not be, like, endorsed by its home. Like, Nickelodeon just doesn't like Avatar. And a lot of that came from, like Aang, I think, got through pretty well. Like they loved it. Like, fuck yeah, bring on Korra. And they were like, Korra season one, fuck yeah, let's go. And even get the Aang flashback. And then season three, it was like where the writers were like, you know what? We have artistic creativity. So what are we gonna do? Well, we're gonna kill the one bitch who makes explosions with her head. We just gonna clamp metal on that bitch. And we're just gonna let the viewers guess what happened when she let loose inside her little metal shell. Yeah. That is Oh man, that pan to to his <laughs> face is season three could have the most just... out of pocket fucking season of any any kids show. Any kids show. Some <laughs> animator was like over it. <laughs> like they're like, we're gonna make the Earth Queen's eyes like pop out of her head. Oh, we're gonna blow up some chick's head. Just uh, fucking... oh, the the chick with water bending arms. Yeah, we're just gonna like toaster of in her like <laughs> we're gonna do a toaster in a bathtub to her uh, yeah just cool. special shout out to zahir killing the earth empress it it's just in the, the the least violent bending move ever which is air bending it's like they're fucking they're they're uh essentially just they're they're monks they are pacifists for the most reason and zahir yeah. is a hardcore studier of them like i love these air nomad niggas I can't wait for you guys to read the Yang Chen book because I don't know how to read. Well, that's, okay. That's why I love manga. That's why you got a wife, right? She can read, right? There you go. There you go. There you go. What's the point, dude? <laughs> Shout out to my boy. If Matt she can Riley. read, you don't have to. Think about it. Think about it. Um Man, killing the Earth Queen by literally taking the breath out of her, like just I, killing the I queen, like, top tier. Like, I top do like the I, hold on, hold on. I do like the idea that instead of like your person reading something to you, they just buy you a fucking audiobook because it's 2022. Just do y'all like, like audiobooks? No, I don't either. Although, I will say, Thomas uh audiobooked all of the Stormlight Archive. And that because he does so much driving, and he was like, "Yeah, I love it." I, so, I did that a, I get because I listen to a lot of podcasts because of the um, kind of driving I do. Uh, what's it called? Third man, I have the book for it, but I, there was this Chinese like uh sci-fi book um that's really popular, and I tried reading the first book and it's the translation is very wonky and mm. um uh oh third body three body problem that's it um and the tra- and it's very like technical on everything 
very like detailed explanations and when it's being translated from a very different language it just it is not an easy read yeah and i just i did a like a default like audio version of the app and it wasn't like an actual audio book it was just like a computer voice reading it and honestly i enjoyed the book way more like that that's really funny no i uh i don't do audio books i read before going to bed mm. just to I, like unwind from looking at screens all day i used to do that but now i can't uh read the books i just get sleepy <laughs> so it's <laughs> yeah i i <laughs> tried other reading side of the I tried reading a bit of nonfiction because one of my uh, I I like this one comedian who came out with his like a like a biography or an autobiography. And I was like, oh, I want to read it. And I made it to about chapter three before I went. I I can't read this before going to bed. And it's not that it's boring. It's just like I'd rather read something f- fun like more fun you know yeah like avatar yang jen's story awesome the entire stormlight archive awesome uh one piece i couldn't really read fun. one no i see i can't read manga before going to bed because i will that's how i get stuck in these fucking not going to sleep until 1 a.m and then wait before ah, we I can't do us, it we should get yeah i kind of do that too because then i'll read one thing i'll be like i want something else to read now no nah, man you I, just train yourself you read until like because One Piece is special because it's wordy. And I'm like, when it's like a bunch of pictures like out of uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, mm-hmm. where there's it's just like, boom, kabow, bang. It's like, okay, well, I can obviously go right through that. Sorry, that was stupid. Speaking of, um, let's talk Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> oh, baby. That, okay, so we that will. Was fan- we we will. will. I have one more thing before we get there. But we are going to we are gonna talk Dragon Ball Super, which uh, is a experience that if you pay $3 for, highly recommend. Yeah, man. Cinema um, Day was the sh- best time to see that movie. And I saw Not it on eno- uh, Monday man. and paid $20 for two tickets. So, eh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why you did that. <laughs> It's when my dog was feeling better. <laughs> the, uh, take take your dog on movie day. Throw that. Of, there was nobody in the theater. Oh, <laughs> uh, ours was pretty packed. Oh yeah, I'm sure for the, the movie day. I yeah. think it's because they lied and they said it was Titan, and then we got to the movie theater and it was not in Titan. It was at the farthest theater at the back of the fucking theater. <laughs> and they're like, uh, we know you guys stink and don't shower. Get the fuck back where you bro, belong. <laughs> there, there was a rat. There, there was a rat in that theater, like running across like the little banisters. Oh shit. Seriously. But yeah, Alex was, Gross li- yeah, Alex, yeah. <laughs> Alex was a little high and was like, Matt, there's a rat. And I was, I didn't see it the first time. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh went back to my thrilling fucking movie and then i saw the rat and i went okay and then i swear to god homie came out of the ceiling to like watch the climax of the movie and i was like i'm not even mad i'm not gonna report i'm not gonna snitch on my little rat homie he just wanted to see gohan shoot a beam uh, I'm, I'm shout out shout I out am, to my shout out to the fucking filler movie of a century i'm alex, still triggered by I've seen alex this. dude alex looked at me and was like when's goku get to earth and i was like <laughs> I, and I was, I was like honestly babe he's not 
I don't think he's coming. It was <laughs> it was like it was like a little kid want expecting Santa to come and like staying up all night. And it's like, where's Santa? And I'm like, there isn't one. And <laughs> like oh sorry, Goku's busy. He didn't get the call. Maybe next year, if you're good, you'll you'll get something. So the um uh how do I want to put this? Do we yeah, we'll, wanna... so we'll start we'll start we'll start with super here. I, I care hold on. So I don't know anything about Dragon Ball outside of the moon blowing up and uh up. Oh, uh, that's that. <laughs> yeah, that's like Pickle the thirty Pickle that's blows the... up the moon. Oh, that's right. No. Uh, Does it? The, the master, so. yeah, no, the master blows up. Oh, Master the, Roshi, Roshi blows it up in Dragon. In Dragon. Oh, yeah, Piccolo, yeah, Piccolo yeah, blows yeah, it up yeah. again in Z. They oh, they put the moon back. <laughs> they huh? put to, the moon to, back. To, oh <laughs> my god, okay, so everything as someone knows is out the window. Everything <laughs> I knew, and and then Jiren's a character, and obviously, Cell dies, and Frieza doesn't die apparently and now Why he's freezing so popular Why do they and now he's him black oh no no so he's stronger to that, to that opinion jake i'll fight freeze is a very well done character and that fan base so i just don't, I don't let matt get his thing up real quick and then i will <laughs> let you yeah, no. fucking jake had a reddit article ready let oh no 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 that's uh that's more current i will defend why Dragon Ball is what it is in 2022. But Matt, you first. No, so I, I, my question is more towards Justin. Did you like the movie? Because I don't know anything about Dragon Ball, and I was way too sober while watching it. Um, and this, Jake, this goes to you too. I feel like you know more than I do. But um, um, Justin, what are your thoughts on Dragon Ball Super superhero? Uh, give me one second, then I'll answer that question. Oh wow, that is a hard. That so a... I'll I'll jump it. <laughs> so, Jake, Jake, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> superhero? I was I was lied to for one. So I was told by I was told by Team Four Star, which really annoyed me because I was like, okay, they have pretty. They're pretty. Team Four Star is pretty on about like they love Dragon Ball, but they also understand what it is at this point, which is a very colossal shit show of a money grab. Um. But they were like, you know what? For a Dragon Ball movie, this is pretty good. And they specifically said, if you don't count Resurrection F or Battle of Gods, which are unique because they added canon material 20 years after the fact and kind of like give it like an, a, a spurt to the fan base and the lore, it's like, this is a pretty high up there Dragon Ball movie. Now, Dragon Ball movies as a whole suck. Just let's be very clear. There's about 15 of them and they all suck besides those two and The World's Strongest. I'll argue anybody The World's Strongest is a good movie. The so I was I was expecting a shit show. They said hey, it was actually pretty good. So I went in with mixed emotions. Then um as I was watching it about 10 to 15 minutes in, A, the art style bugged the shit out of me to originally. And I'm not saying that the mm. art style was bad, but because it's not Dragon Ball's art style, I was like, what am I watching? Like I was just having like this weird triggering moment. I've told Matt like twice. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, I I think I'm looking at Piccolo, but I don't know if I'm looking at Piccolo. He looks funny. He's a little orange. That's I, I love the orange Piccolo. I did not. But after about ten to fifteen minutes, and the movie even kind of picked up on it's like, hey, hey, look, we're not a serious movie. This is not like you did not come here to see 
Resurrection Ave. You're not coming here to see Battle of Gods. You didn't come here to see one of the Broly movies. And I'm like, okay, understood. The movie knows what it is. It it knows it's like this little happy-go-lucky train wreck, and we're just going to throw in some fan service. Some of the fan service was cool. Uh, I did like the fact, actually, that is like for a movie, they just took Goku and Vegeta and said no, um, while yeah. still giving us some Whis. And because I, I love Whis the character, I think he's really funny. Yeah, um, Alex liked Whis too. He's the yeah. only character she liked in that whole fucking movie. Whis is fantastic. <laughs> and so I like that Whis got some spotlight. They took out Vegeta and Goku, and they're like, okay, Piccolo, Gohan, this is your story. And I've always defended Gohan's story um, from a writing point because. Since they went the route they did, it makes sense. Like, Chi-Chi, who's Goku's wife, never wanted Gohan to fight. So him actually growing up to be, like, a responsible member of society is like, okay, Goku doesn't always get his way. His son is not like him. Cool. They ended up butchering that, uh, not just in this movie, but throughout Dragon Ball as Gohan continued to grow up. So I was like, fine. But I still like the moment of like go like Gohan's gonna get the fight, Piccolo's gonna get the fight, cool. Uh Orange Piccolo I didn't care for. Uh, Super saying I'm just saying the next tournament of whatever is gonna be real dope. You got Ultra Instinct, Broly is gonna make himself canon. Uh well, Broly's can Broly is unfortunately canon. Um What do you mean but, unfortunately? Because Broly sucks. Broly is a movie that came out in like 95 and for some reason people just I said it the movies people just like the fact there was literally a bigger taller Goku who beat up Goku but Broly doesn't do anything the 90s. I love the 90s he doesn't do anything whole... except yeah. yeah no he's a he is super sand hole he doesn't talk because he has anger issues so when he loses his mind he just screams louder like he is literally the Dude, all the jokes perfectly. Dragon Ball gets when Broly is that on steroids. When yeah. he showed up on screen, my wife was like, who's that? And I'm like, Super Saiyan Hulk. That's all I got. <laughs> she's <laughs> yeah, she's she like, was, okay. <laughs> and she was like, wow, that sounds awesome. And then he proceeded to sit in a fetal position for the yeah, three, was, for the two was, scenes he was in. Yeah, yeah, she was like, okay. and Because she grew up on... Um, that was like one of the shows she watched as a kid too so that she was actually excited to go see it and she was um, but she hasn't watched any super at all mm-hmm. Um, I've only like read some of the chapters that's, that have come out when I've been especially bored and so we were both like kind of like there for the ride <laughs> more than yeah, riding. it's a ride <laughs> I was. Really... I don't recommend watching the movie sober. By the way, for dude, Alex, I was, don't I, so Alex bought I... Alex bought edibles and then forgot the edibles at home. It was a fucking mess. I brought my pen um, and bought helped. a beer, and it was one of those things that, like, um, what do you call it? The excuse me it made me really excited for one piece red in october (laughs) Uh, no red will be red will be a a better movie but like here's here's hopefully here's the thing with dragon ball and this is the thing that i think is where and i love dragon ball and i'll always love dragon ball and it's just it is it'll be in my top five forever because my experience with it yeah only that thing is unfair for what like dragon ball gets dragged through the mud nowadays 
is not that it is like this essentially ancient show. It's a it's going on 35, almost 40 years of being out. It's the fact of for over half its life at this point, its author has wanted to leave. Retire. Like, yeah. He has not like he is the poster boy. When you say like when we've come on here and we have ripped Shonen, we've talked shit about Shonen, the way that they handle employees and the way that they do all this shit. Toriyama is literally the poster boy. Your boy gave Shonen its, I'm not going to say necessarily its first hit because that's technically debatable, but its biggest moneymaker that will only end up getting upended by One Piece when it's all said and done. Yeah, you can call Dragon Ball its like first global hit. Yeah, yeah, it's first global hit. At least to my knowledge, I don't think there's anything nearly that big in the West. Globally, Dragon Ball, I always will say, like, Goku flew Shonen Jump. Goku put Shonen Jump on his shoulders and anime and manga on his shoulders, and he flew that bitch over to North America. I think Astro Boy probably, like, set, like, the foundation for it, but, like, Dragon Ball's where it exploded into, like, pop. Like, my my, mom knew what Dragon Ball was. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody everybody knows Dragon Ball. Yeah. But when there's, like, definitive points, A, like... Kishimoto's kind of weird on this because he's he's one of the few exceptions. So Dragon Ball in the manga, like Z's not a thing. It just shades and it goes darker shading to represent they're older. Your boy was done with Dragon Ball after Piccolo and Goku was a 17, 18 year old. I forget his exact age at the 23rd martial art tournament. And he was he's like, all right, cool. I did it. I did my story. I had my little monkey boy. I ran around the world, found my Dragon Balls. I gave you my green boss um, and his funny named kids. I put a hole in him. I gave you his son as my grand finale and said, cool, I'm done with it. And if Dragon Ball ended there, and it was already an international hit by that point, we would, it'd be in a different light because it was very straight to the point. And A, it's a battle manga and and it's every... In, in its entirety, it's a fucking battle manga. So Toriyama was not trying to give these super complicated storylines. He just wanted a storyline that was like, here's my hero, here's my villain, let's go point A, B, C, fight, boom. And then Shonen was like, hey, dog, you're making a lot of money, and like, <laughs> you only like 30-something, and like, we just don't really feel like you should retire, so like, what if we just kept going? And he's like, through some other things, and if anybody wants, I'm not going to repeat it. But if you want to go, damn, he's look almost at seventy. Toriyama's life, you can go, you can go look at it and find out why he did continue. A pay rates were not the same back then, which is why there's a massive gap between him and Oda's net worth. Um, he's like, okay, I'll make more monkey people. So then we get the Sand Saga, which starts off Dragon Ball Z. And the Sand Saga is like, okay, it's, you know, an introduced Vegeta, which is now a fan favorite in the franchise. I love Vegeta. Um, does pretty well. And they're like, but we need more. And he's like, well, who killed my monkey people? Oh, I'll give you Frieza. And it's like, okay, cool. But we need more. And then over the course of writing Frieza, your boy found Super Saiyan which was essentially for Dragon Ball, this second explosion of like you were already here and now it's like, boom, you busted through the fucking door and it's like you are now on an even. If up to that point, Goku had already flown to North America, 
your boy just fucking he shit across the United States. And he was like, I own this. I am wiping my ass across all 50 states. Yeah. You will love me forever. And we have the iconic scene. And Shonen is like, see, see, what if you just quit 10 years ago? You wouldn't have this now. And Toriyama's like, I don't own much of this. And so I'm getting paid like pennies on the dollars while I just slave away in my box. But Shonen's like, but popular, huh? But everybody knows who you are. And he's like, nobody's allowed to take pictures of me. (laughs) Nobody knows who I am. (laughs) Then you get um, Shonen wants to continue it past that because Super Saiyan's is a big thing. And then you get the Cell Saga, which I I said in like a 30 second span in the Super movie, they use like four literal scenes from the anime where it's like they use the Super Saiyan 2 snap moment, which... I defend in the real time writing of it. I defend Super Saiyan 2 because it's this thing that's unique to Gohan. Is this it Super is... Saiyan 2? I thought yes. they skipped 2 and went straight to 3. When Everybody was... else Cave does. Man. Super Saiyan 2 is just them buffer during well, Cell. Wasn't even, it wasn't even supposed to be that because Gohan was the only one who originally could do it because Gohan from his inception was like this. He had the he was he was Togepi. He oh, had this Vegeta hidden... do it. Vegeta does it. Vegeta after. and Trunks do, do it because Trunks they, like surpasses Vegeta. That's all. Yeah, correct. They get buffer and they hit like a new. They hit a stronger Super Saiyan, but it's not technically ascended until Gohan does it. Because Gohan's Togepi and has this hidden power, and it's like, okay, what happens when his hidden power finally like goes off? So it's, it's like the if magic Togepi half breed. Yeah, if like Togepi does, you know, if Metronome is cute when it does like splash and then metronome does earthquake and it's like what the fuck just happened and then it's super saiyan too yes and it was cool in real time because it was just gohan's thing gohan snaps because cell crushes android 16's head in front of him and he's like i'm 12 my dad just threw me out here to die all my friends are dying and one friend just died i can't handle all this shit and he just snaps and it's cool in the moment and it's another moment toriyama wanted to retire because then Goku gives up his life because Gohan is not a fighter. He's never was a fighter. He was strong, but he was never a fighter. So Cell gets over on him by, you know, taking advantage of he doesn't really, he's not an actual fighter. He's just strong. And Goku goes, well, I threw my son out here to die. So I'm going to die instead because my wife will kill me if I let him die. So I'm going to just peace out with everybody. Then, but Cell doesn't die because of that. Gohan ends up killing Cell afterwards. And it's, once again, Toriyama to retire. And he's like, look, I gave you Goku. Goku's now dead. He's staying dead because I wrote this limit on how many times you come back to life. And now his son is the protector. Pass the torch. I'm out. We gone, bitches. But what about yet? No, my dogs are going fucking nuts because they heard knocking. Then you get the Buu Saga, which is just the most uninspired thing ever because Toriyama just hates everything about this. This thing he created 20 years ago or 15 years ago in real time at this point. He's like, I don't really even have control of it anymore. I am being forced to write and create something that I'm just not fully invested in. So the Buu Saga is this big shit show that breaks every fucking rule in the series and eventually deep dives into the shit show that it currently is, um, which is why post the Cell Saga, Dragon Ball has like moments that are still cool. Um, but it is Toriyama's heart just hasn't been in it for the better part of 15, 20 years. Uh, feel bad for the man. And now because he doesn't actually own anything in relating to Dragon Ball outside of the 
you have whatever the term is or the legal term is for you have to get his you have to get his okay to use his artistic stylings of like the characters so when Mm -hmm. super launched super was not a toriyama thing but super had to say hey what do you want goku to look like five years in the future six years in the future etc and he draws them an outline and says leave me alone same with gt um all that to say is the superhero movie was this I, I don't even want to imagine what legally it looks like because I think the fact they use a different art style is um kind of tells it's like me a video was... game. Oh yeah. I didn't even it think did about look that. like a video game. I didn't my, even think about that. If they need wife... it if they need his his okay for to use like the, art the real style. Goku and Vegeta. And so I don't think this movie was something he really wanted. Um because yeah. like I said, I don't he think had it was a... even a matter of wanting, he probably just didn't care at all. He's just like no, he's over it. It's and yeah. it sucks because it's he's like so checked out. Like he knows they're gonna bug the crap out of him, and he's gonna be put in this annoying situation. So he'll give his okay to whatever they toss his way. But he's like they collect whatever little check they give him, and then yeah, it becomes the highest grossing Japanese movie of all time. Because then I know, it, I don't know what the current status looks like but like it used to just be like writers were limited to um like taco bonds sales the volumes themselves and that was pretty much how they got their cut so that was like their main income Mm -hmm. not the magazine sales itself but um the volume sales um and so like and then shuisha usually was the one getting the anime and stuff because it was and getting the anime was good because then it was promoting the Tonkaban sales, but now it's kind of been reversed and the anime is just so much bigger than right. physical copy sales. <clears throat> um and so I don't I'm sure like manga artists now are probably asking for like different contracts and uh, negotiations. Yeah. Um, I, I can almost guarantee it's that because I think you get a lot of manga authors who and this would Oda would qualify for this at one point that are brought on and then they take whatever the first contract they get because it is really hard to sign with shonen yeah um and then right until shonen right until basically they're not popular anymore mm-hmm. is it's not even till your story's done it's oh you're not popular anymore end your story which i'm the vibe i get with my hero academia a lot um I with one with one piece though I feel like it hit a point where Oda I at some point Oda was able to reconstruct his uh his contract contract. yeah Yeah. I he he also came in after Dragon Ball so he might have like had more options presented to him and this was a time when Shonen was like kind of bleeding out oh they needed something yeah so they're yeah, probably a lot more generous with their contracts back then well, yeah so... probably and but that being said though oda kind of there there isn't a manga author that can do three chapters a month that's just oda no like it's kind of becoming the mainstream at shonen a lot of like my hero is getting breaks ajk is getting breaks more often i think and with so many recent deaths it's probably 
they're probably going to be a lot more okay with it because it, it could also be one they, the break the breaks are i think the breaks it might have something to do socially but i'm inclined to think it's more money focused jjk is a hit yeah anim- anime wise it's well, a uh, it's a huge hit and so like my hero academia is also huge here and like we're a huge market for my hero um well also black clover got it got to go on hiatus for like five so did, months so did fairy tale you know like fairy tale is published through a different magazine though <clears throat> than that's Jump. true that's true so but i, I'm I would never fairy tale know. still on hiatus i'll say i'll say this to uh for like the context of this conversation because it's no fairy kind of, tale finish what are you talking about so it's a the more anime oh the anime no i'm talking about the the mangas yeah, the manga was same same deal oh, where it was like yeah. it, it was popular till it wasn't anymore and then it was told to finish oh no um fairy yeah. tale fairy finished, tale had, finished i know it had so did bleach it had bleach syndrome at the end <laughs> that was that's just that was the limit of his uh, that's just how he writes, I think, and he's very I, okay with that. I, I guess because, but like, like every were, series he picks up is the same, and then he's, no. I mean, he was doing like three different series of three different like fairy tale series at once, so and then he brought it back again. So I think he's just like Elden, what is it, Elden Zero? Yeah, like and then there's like Fairy Tale Zero, or I don't, nah, Fairy Tale's done, but he basically. Last I checked in with the author, it was no. There's there's fairy tale one hundred years quest. Yeah, that's the final arc. No, it's a, it's a whole separate thing. It's still going. It's a it's a sequel. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, Man, no, I'm not joking. Tale. Like it ended. It had its like big finale ending of the like whole story, and then it then it got yeah. a sequel, and everyone's like, what? <laughs> Well, yeah, like I just I think he's like one of the few that like loves to because he, he was pumping out he, chapters like he crazy. Did, I forgot about the hundred year. So I started reading that because I was like, oh, this, like what the fuck is fairy tale? I know fine. fairy this, tale has this, this is Shanks. This yeah, you're right, correct. <laughs> I know, um, that's all I know. Doesn't make it look just like Shanks. You know, just, Shanks. You know what, Justin? Or crush Shanks. I I I kind of zoned out a bit when you were talking about Dragon Ball, so you can zone out now too. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I'm like I'm I'm I, ready for my next day. This is I'm, the I'm looking for, no uh, I uh, no 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 with uh, the hundred year thing. It was a Jack One Piece chapters. So that's how they introduce Shanks in uh, or Guild Arts. So Fairy Tale Shanks gets introduced because he comes back from failing the hundred year quest. So it's essentially a quest that had been like it was an it was a potential arc that had been looming over the series for yeah. years, and then it finished, and, and like, people were like, "Yeah, people were like, oh, I guess the hundred year arc didn't, the hundred year quest didn't matter, and then now I guess it's a a monthly. Is it a monthly? I think I, so. I it's... I started reading it. The whole premise was like there are these five dragons, and I, I was like, oh. I just okay. remember I was so burnt out by the end of it. I'm like, I tried like a couple chapters and I'm like, I just can't do it. I've had so much. It was like Naruto or Bleach. I'm like, I can't do it anymore. I need, I need, I need time sub- away I need from substance. this. <laughs> I need substance. My, my whole thing was like, they, what was it? So Natsu was a first gen dragons, dragon slayer. Yeah. It was like, and then, and then you had the, uh, 
the second gen, which was just like someone who the used, artificials. Yeah. And then you had the gen threes, which was a combination of both. And then this arc introduced the Gen 4s. Oh, I didn't even know that. Which I, Dude, you, you actually read this? Wait, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to fucking remember. Yeah, I, Totally yeah. unrelated note. Rest in peace, Bozo is trending on Twitter. I'll let y'all do with that what you want. That's really funny. I'll <laughs> <laughs> just let y'all really do it. So continue fairy tale. I ain't got your dad to this. <laughs> Shout out to the queen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I just said rest in peace, Bozo is trending. Well, I every, I went on no Twitter. War embossing, say. <laughs> I saw someone said uh someone put a fucking um um it was a picture of their grandmother and they were like uh so my grandmother's 97th birthday and someone just tweeted we all we are not all meant to make it to 97. Uh, I yeah, the, the uh the queen <laughs> memes are very funny. I oh, I shit. do I do feel a little sad but like that's just because a 96 year old died <laughs> i don't I, know i i i do like think, i can i feel I bad you, for the family can... but it, they're also this no, archaic as no, fuck no, no, institution no, yeah. and so it's like okay the the impact is way bigger i'm not gonna rant that's it i'm i'm holding myself back yeah now. we can cut this out my, <laughs> yeah, my, cut the... my my opinion is i was like i know the queen's like a really big deal to british people and like that was that was my whole thing and i was like you know like there's gonna be a lot of really sad people today and for me from a historical context the queen really does tie together like a lot of 90th or uh, 20th century history and it is like was like a kind of a reminder of like uh shit wasn't that long ago i know i see it i see it jake i <laughs> my my whole thing was like oh when she became queen dude she like did uh like winston churchill was like the first person she swore in as queen and so i'm like my dude anyone that's like world war ii was like ancient history it's like well not really <laughs> like i got justin good i i thought it was interesting i read something someone posted today. it was like winston churchill was born in <laughs> The first prime minister was a uh, she swore in was a uh, or met her first prime minister was in a uh, eighteen born in eighteen seventy five mm. something like that and then um the most recent prime minister um she was born in nineteen seventy four it's like Jesus yeah like it's just stuff like that like her dad swore in Winston Churchill the first time and then she swore him in the second time. Just the idea of like, yeah, no, the first person, the first PM she like swore in was someone who is like a legendary figure in history, which, you know, some people might want to debate that. But like, that's the reality. That's the way you look at it. It's like, oh, he's a World War Two legend. So it's like, I mean, she also lived through the Blitz. It was probably fine because she like left the where it was happening but like she lived through the blitz and served in world war ii yeah so i'm like i'm like i'm not like i don't know i i know there are a lot of people that are like oh she's a murderer and she should die and she deserves death and i was like she's a figurehead literally no different than betty white was to us uh except lived in a castle multiple castles so you know 
definitely doesn't rule the country. Anyway, cut this out. This is boring. Back to fairy tale. Big tits and dragons. Let's go. Uh, I, anyway, I hundred year war arc or hundred year quest. Real good. I will Talk say about- for people listening for like the context of like why it's a big deal and, and you're right to a degree, Jake, of like Oda got to like everybody at Shona got to learn from Toriyama's example of like what it's like to get this big. Um and to be just abused. And a lot of it is like music contracts where it's you are supposed to write um <clears throat> excuse me X amount of chapters and put in X amount of work before you're able to renegotiate. And we all agree no one should attempt to write one piece again. Like to write a thousand plus chapters is just insanity on a lot of levels. So no author wants to do that. Yeah. Now you get stuck in these weird cases of like Kubo and uh Kishimoto where it's like they want to go for a long time. And yes, they probably were forced to just write until they were like out of ideas, burned out. And Shona was like, yeah, but we need to get to this number because we still want what we're contractually owed. Um, That is the story of Toriyama's life. And because pay is so different for the context, for people listening, Oda's net worth is 200 million. Toriyama's Mm -hmm. is 45. I did not know it was worth that much. So, (laughs) and and wrong, $45 million dollars. Your boy's not going broke no time soon, obviously. But if like, well, that's also net worth too. That doesn't mean they have forty-five million bucks. Correct. Yeah, that's like. But half, if half Oda, that's probably his home, <laughs> number one selling manga author of all time is sitting at two hundred, and Toriyama's number two at forty-five, and Toriyama's been just for factuals like been selling longer, and I understand Oda's now passed up in total sales, yeah, but like. That disparity just lets you know, not even the stuff that's on paper, but Toriyama got a real raw deal, especially at one point. Oda currently is carrying Shonen Jump a large degree. Yeah. He has not, during the entirety of One Piece, carried Shonen Jump. One Piece has had constant other manga that were as big for a certain time span that, like, oh, it's why it's a part of the big three. It was the end of the 90s era with... Uh, Dragon Ball, Yu Show, other shows like or other manga. Dragon Ball in the early '90s is damn near the only reason like Shonen Jump got to be this big because it. And once mm-hmm. it died out, like that '93, '94, right before One Piece picks up in '96, '97. I was uh, forget. Okay. Yeah, yeah, is like Jake said. Shonen was like uh, somebody, some you know the like the meme where it's like you poke a stick and it's like do something. That's what they were doing to all the writers. They were like, do something. Why can't you make a monkey boy sell? And they were like, well, it's also like at that point too, One Piece is new, right? It's a brand new IP. They don't know how long it's gonna go. The oh, no, thousand said, percent. The author straight up said it's ending in 02. Yeah. So it's it's one of those. It's that short term. Yeah. And that like, first year, everybody, every piece. nobody, nobody expects to make a one piece. I think, unless 100%. like, no, sorry, I, I contest that Oda. I don't know how long he thought it was going to go. If he I think he, he had could, a short anal- I think his long version was always in his head. I, I think just don't he had think he this, ever thought. Yeah, he wasn't I, sure if he was going to get it. I I always figured he had like this odyssey. Mm-hmm perspective but as an author he would have been cool ending after crocodile yeah um but like even with that is like that first year of one piece so 96 97 heading into 98 dragon ball basically fell off or started or ended at 94 
So it's like Shonen's got this two, three year run where they brought on all these other authors, all these other series, because they're like, oh, fuck, yeah, we're showing we're selling X amount of this X amount of that. Like we're doing it. And then they're like, well, not everybody's doing Dragon Ball numbers. Not everyone's doing um, at the time, like at the time, like they said, Kenshin, Yu Hakusho, other like mangas around that time. So it was like, we need somebody, please help. And then they got this huge boost with what became the big three. So this is like late 90s, early 2000s, One Piece, Naruto, Bleach. And then ever since then, they've now continued to get like, they hit on like one big mega series every couple of years. Yeah. Um, I'm, and I'm, I'm, no Basket for some reason is also the hugest fucking thing in Japan. I don't understand it, but shout out to y'all in basketball. I'm super intrigued what Shonen's post One Piece Endgame is. Pray. No, pray. Drastically, I don't. Oh, I, pray! I thought you were talking yeah. about something called pray. Oh, I was no, like no, 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 not not the Hulu movie. Justin. They're gonna no, give no, Gage no, whatever no. He, he wants. I, I well, I, I, I so worried I, about that. They, they, I, I, I mean, think My Hero Academia and Jujutsu Kaisen, they'll end before One Piece. They're ending before One Piece, and those are huge money makers. And they already shit the bed with shit the bed with Promise Neverland. They. Dr. Stone's going to be long done before One Piece is done. And so I'm like, and if, if, if Shonen Jump sales are literally all for One Piece, like, oh, yeah. what's so the Luffy post? is carrying? What's, what like, is that? He fucking, posts, you're going to see like One a Piece? massive shift to digital, I think. I think you're right, Jig. I don't even because, think that. I don't even they're know not if you're gonna joking be able to afford not. That's 100% no, it. Yeah. They're not even going to be able to afford the physical copies. Yeah. Because uh, the audience has grown out. Um, unless, I mean, like they I don't, don't have a, a demographic to replace that in yeah. Japan and even like here, like it, like the physical copies that Shonen Jump don't sell like they used to. I, so, I would say like the volumes will probably still get made for yeah, sure. The, vo- the, the volumes, will... that's the huge moneymaker, but the magazine, I can totally see is... go. I think yeah. there's going to be probably like a few years of death death wobbles you know the the logistics of the weekly is nuts in (laughs) itself yeah so uh you think we get more monthlies jake um i think they might switch to like bi-weekly or something and that might be good that might be really good for them because one then they have a lot less um burnout um they could be a lot more flexible with the publication and um you wouldn't see authors like constantly taking breaks or not even finishing series yeah so i think it would take one piece ending on top of other authors speaking publicly about that especially like especially like a horikoshi you know what i mean like if he's actually like upset with how his stuff's getting ran like you get Toriyama talking about it. You get Horikoshi. That's how you go. I don't that's think how you go will, because the the fact that the author of Berserk died the way they did, which is like purely due to stress and overwork, um, at the age of fifty, like, and they were doing a monthly, and the fact that it didn't become like a industry moment of reflection, you're not you're not going to see that because the culture in Japan just doesn't really allow for that opportunity, mm-hmm. but. Um, maybe, maybe. I th- I do think you can just see a lot more authors like realize like they can't do this and 
the industry no longer really supports that kind of um work style so they're they're gonna have to do changes especially because um jump has competition with like the prominent uh the rise of web comics and the mm -hmm. korean market so especially yeah. in the korean market so i think jump a is gonna have to go i think going digital is um inevitable to a degree but i do genuinely think um that jumps plan in terms of like a um, jump is a how do you phrase it if jump had a comparison and this is not saying this is an exact this is just for a real basic a real basic example is if jumps like apple right i don't think i think a lot of apple is obviously due to steve jobs and what they continue to get to but the difference is Apple can continue to build off what Steve Jobs did, even with Steve Jobs no longer being here. What Jump got was this huge mega hit with Dragon Ball in the 90s. And they get the big three era. And then they get um, these other series along the way where there's... And 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 in manga, unfortunately, it is. Like, Jake's read thousands of them and shit that we'll never read. But jake goes looking for certain series that are never going to reach like a certain level of success they need either sustain putting out a longer series and or to get enough support from jump mm -hmm. so jump has always just been bailed out by their most successful series are these huge long things you get 700 chapters of naruto you get a thousand plus chapters of one piece you got 500 plus chapters of dragon ball you've got bleach got to what five something Six something. Six something. Six six six, six probably. <laughs> As a meme. Um, but the problem is when they've had these other successes, if you count um my hero, which even if it's burned out, is still like a huge success in the grand scheme of things. Uh JJK being successful right now, Attack on Titan. These guys aren't even they're writing side by side with your already established One Piece, your already established Naruto's. When one when Otis when Otis says I'm done, and Otis is the biggest blessing for Jumps ever had because I do believe Oda wanted to write a sense like you compare it to the Odyssey. He wanted to write this even if he didn't know for sure he'd be allowed to. Yeah. Um, but he's doing that of his own free will for the most part. Otis not walking through the door again once Otis stops. So yeah, there. That's I think that's part of like why One Piece is so long. He, well, I don't know he, if he, he, he he didn't want to GT it. No, he doesn't want to GT it. But I don't. I think I think One Piece is long. So I think Oda wants it to be long. I don't think Oda is necessarily I trying to. Say I think that's also him. why the editors are happy to let him do whatever he wants. Because if he goes on forever and doesn't contain the story, oh, they have a job then, forever. Then yeah, <laughs> they have a job forever. Absolutely, it's, yeah, it's, it's literally the it's a negative feedback loop. It's like, well, it's going to keep going. People are still going to keep reading it no matter what. Absolutely. It'll always and sell. It'll so why they're just gonna milk it as long as they can. They have an incentive right now to not um properly editorialize him, which yeah. is and trust just me, just an example of how badly jump is messed up yeah. as a whole. <laughs> and from a movie and anime experience, when one piece is all said and done, trust me, they will butcher the if they already haven't, but they will butcher the piss out of One Piece movies and anime episodes going forward. Because if you think, if let's say, if if chapter fourteen hundred is the actual last chapter of One Piece, just throwing out a number, 
you you are out of your fucking mind if you think the One Piece anime is not going to continue past that. You are out yeah. of your mind if you, there's not going to be more movies punched out. And they're not going to have... You can tell what movies Oda kind of sticks his nose in and goes, okay, I want to. This is a fun idea. I didn't throw into the manga, but here you go. Have this. Hey, I didn't want to do this, but here you go. And then you get Stampede, which is just shown and going, we need money, guys. Let's go. How do you do it? Say Roger's name. What about Roger? I don't know. Just say his fucking name. (laughs) Say, like, here's his crew member. What'd he do? We have no fucking clue. Roger beat him up one day. We're going to get the lime juice origin story. Yeah. So it's like, (laughs) So dra- and that's where I, to to my defense, like kind of going full circle, my defense of Dragon Ball is like Dragon Ball is old enough. We get to see all the butchering. Trust me, One Piece will get this. Naruto is currently going through this. It's called Boruto. Yeah. Yes, um, Bleach. They're bringing Bleach back. I don't. I don't read Bleach. I was never huge into Bleach. Um, it fell off very early for me. But you can tell Bleach is in that S tier class, especially of popularity. Because they keep wanting it. And Shonen yeah. does not have an actual business plan for... Now, somebody will write the next great manga. I'm not denying that. And they might end up working for Shonen while they write the next great manga. And that manga will not be a thousand chapters, guaranteed. It will be like it, 300. It won't be a thousand chapters. No, and if it can't take off like these other ones, we have no clue how Shonen is going to sustain itself. Because yeah. Shonen has just been... They essentially have six series that have carried this company for 30 plus years. And they are still trying to wring out as much as they can out of these six series. And only one is just willingly continuing to go, which is Oda. I think the frustrating part too, and I feel it, I've been feeling it almost every week reading My Hero, is the fact that like, that had the potential that had a sandbox potential to it where it was like we can have Midoriya do anything and I feel like if Jump had given the right resources given the author like kind of like worked with the author a bit reconstructed a contract whatever you need to do I can't imagine I that sh- that manga could have been a huge hit like just I'm not it is a hit sorry but like that could they're gonna have been length to I my feel hero. like the anime you know what I mean? has definitely fallen off in terms of overall popularity and it did for me after the overall fight I realized because, after overall yeah. I had a really yeah. hard time remember Matt and I were talking about it it was the the next thing was like the classroom tournament yeah, right after it, so like, after after overhaul it goes um oh man the pacing it? was the it's the tea drinker uh, what's his name i'm blanking gentleman gentleman yeah and you get so it's the first time you get to see midoriya fight a villain alone and like win um I swear and then after so and then after that see so season five i was telling everybody who loved the th- loved the show i was like look i'm telling you right now you're not gonna like season five season five is going to be very weird because that's where you get the, the st- and i wish they had restructured it for the anime where they went more linear because if you had ended the series with or if you ended season five with midoriya getting black whip versus started off with black whip and end with my villain academia 
which is like how it is in the manga, it would have been way better. Start it off with the villains, do the, let the villains do their thing, let time move a little more linear in the anime, and then you still get this dope power up. Like the latter half of season two is all about Midoriya learning his shit, and I'm like, this would have been this is this would have been way better. You get the Todoroki stuff, you get all that at the end, with the my villain stuff being the enticer to keep you going, but. No, I it, they just restruct they structured it all weird. No, I, so like, not a, not a big fan of how the anime is. Not a big fan of how the anime ran season five. Personally, I will say, and I don't remember exactly what season overhaul is. I think it's three, but it could be two for all I know. It's for season, overall season four, I believe so. Yeah, I and it's something that I give. Um, a lot of it's a really hard thing to do. Um, we started actually the episode kind of talking about Korra, and I think it's something that Avatar nailed out the park, and it's why I always will have Amon very high on my list, is because and I've said it several times, I'm upset it's Jake. Is I think Amon had the hardest job of any villain in Korra, which is mm-hmm. he had to supersede the Fire Lord, who yeah. was the only enemy we had ever known in Avatar. And so I think to come out season one and to be as effective as he was. Like, where, like, there was a legitimate fear as a watcher of, like, holy shit, what is this guy going to do? Is, to me, my hero never did that with Overhaul. Like, Overhaul was just amazing. And up to that point, Overhaul was amazing. The art, Overhaul Overhaul is crocodile. Yeah, but he he didn't rebound coming, like, and I talked about Skype earlier. Yeah. But that high point, Fine, you have to come down for the next arc. I understand. I've watched enough shows. Yeah, we've all seen just Yeah, but it was just so... It was so much of a come down, and I never felt like watching it. Like I said, I think I got to the classroom tournament, and I remember you asking a question about it, and I'd watched an episode like two or three days prior, and I just never remember. Yeah, you never made it to Black Whip. Yeah, I I never... It was too... You, you never... I don't want to unenjoyable watch an ep- like I don't want to watch an episode and not enjoy yeah. it. And I just and... ran into like three or four episodes in a row. I'm like, what the fuck am I? Watching? And I think that has a lot to do with the structure. Like I even even in the anime, like they just kind of like throw Redestro. Jake, this is more towards you. They just throw Redestro in as like a uh, as like the guy. There's no there's a chapter in yeah. my hero where they like introduce him. And they kidnap the broker. Yeah, and that's how so they much potential. That's how they introduce him in the manga. They, they skip that entirely in the anime. Oh, they do just, they really? Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, that's a huge butcher because you start off season five with this new character who's like pouting or like spouting this good stuff, and then have him doing this crazy shit with the broker, and then go right into my villain academia. It would have been sick would have been awesome you go i was here for midoriya but i'm watching uh i'm watching uh disintegrator man like literally blow up a town (laughs) like it's awesome like um i literally get a war at the very beginning and then we jump back to the school and you go okay we're gonna bring it down for this arc and then climactically show off midoriya's new ability which we re- we discover in season five. Justin, you're not going to watch it anymore. Are you done? 
Yeah, I'm done. Okay, so I might uh, go just, back in like a you, couple well, years mid, when it's all said and done, but I'm done at the moment. One for all is basically uh, Avatar. Okay. Midoriya, Midoriya has access to past one for all users' abilities. Okay. Yeah. And so that's what Black Whip introduces. And then you go and you go through that, and like he goes on a whole training arc with uh, uh, Endeavor, and you get the Todoroki storyline kind of like fleshed out a little bit more. And then you end the season like that. And then you down season six is gonna be fucking wild <laughs> season seven is gonna be kind of sad because i it's over it's this, this shit's needs to stop but, <laughs> oh. um but yeah no i i i'm just like i don't know i forget how we got here but it's just butchered shonen sucks that's that's where we shonen, got to. they have a lot of amazing content because they have great oh, individual great writers there, but there's it's a like shitty company my hero the point being my hero academia has the longevity had potential for longevity because there are three years of high school yeah um, you know what i mean i think we all thought we were gonna get that like I, we don't need to do the naruto thing of like oh he's a genin forever no like let him grow organically because they're in their second year now <laughs> no not technically yeah, no, they just started it, didn't they? They started their second year, but they were not allowed to become... They didn't go through, like, that entrance ceremony because the world ended yeah. at the end of their first year. <laughs> yes. So it's it's very, like, really, the Genin has to come in and save the day from all the pro ninjas. I've seen this fucking storyline a million times, dude. That's a funny meme, by the way. Someone put a... It was Kage-level... Kage level fighting and it's um he's not talking like Kage, but it's like the third versus Orochimaru, and it's mm-hmm. like or no, I'm sorry, it's the third versus the reanimated first and second, and it's like crazy strikes, the trees, the water, and all this shit. Yeah. And then they're like versus Genin level fighting, and it's literally the last fight of Naruto and Sasuke. And it's like it's <laughs> yeah. like, wait a minute, somebody missed something here. Hold on. My whole thing is like Boruto at the ninja, like trying to do the ninja graduation ceremony. Mm-hmm. Produces two uh, nature ch- chakra techniques, and then Kakashi goes, "Wow, you have the potential to be a tuning, but you have no teamwork. So maybe you're not going to graduate." And I'm like, "Boy, just like shot wind and lightning at you. He's eleven. Like, fuck off." Kakashi, <laughs> even even though I know you're like testing him and all that, but I'm like. Also, and then it ends with them all doing a ceiling jutsu and getting the bell. And I'm like, they're all 11. This is the graduation ceremony. Naruto would have failed this immediately. Like, man man couldn't make a shadow clone. Man had to cheat code his way into becoming a ninja. (laughs) I mean, his dad cheat coded him. No, I mean like man <laughs> read a fucking scroll oh, in yeah, yeah, yeah. the very first chapter. And then yeah. like took a like, By the way, what a terrible fucking out of all the shit that's in that scroll that the second left behind, your boy only found the fucking shadow clone. Like imagine well, he, if he got to read longer. Well that that's literally the line. He's like, I only had time to master the first one. Which was shadow clones. Imagine okay. he gets like the like, four, like reanimation what? Also, how bad is Kanoa's security that he got it in the first place? 
Oh, her, yeah, terrible. Right. I mean, the, did you see how the third handled children? It wasn't exactly good at it. <laughs> And yeah. yet people still kept asking him, yo, dog, can you babysit? Yeah, I got you. Hey, where the fuck does nigga go? Oh, shit. I'm just um, saying the security is like you show him a pair of tits and it's like it's done. You do whatever you want in that universe. Dog, there was security, quote unquote, guarding fucking Kushina. And anyway, um, since we do have to get our one one piece topic and we are recording early in the chapter comes out. Um, I did want to address, though, um, a lot of the hate online, which. I don't totally go for, but I think it's fair to uh, bring it up here. Um, not is it underwhelming or not is it like peak One Piece? Because I don't think anyone would call it peak One Piece necessarily. Hmm. Is Wano a bad arc? I've seen a lot of people online who just flat out go like, no, Wano is the worst. Essentially, besides... So people hate Fishman Island too, but I don't count Fishman Island for a lot of reasons. Mm. Fishman Island is just like a showcase of like, hey, these are what the Straw Hats are like after two years. Like we're yeah. no longer in baby steps. So yeah, who people... yeah, who'd have thought they'd just like blow their fucking way through yeah. Fishman Island? Yeah. But I think people only got disappointed in Fishman Island because it was like hyped up for for a time, especially for pre-time skip. And so it's very long. No, it, no, Fishman Island is not like a good arc. It's just to show off, like, hey, look, Luffy and the crew are strong now. Yeah. But people are saying basically, like, Wano was, people are saying Wano's worse than Whole Cake. People are saying Wano's worse than Dressrosa, which people also dislike Dressrosa. They're saying Wano is, Punk Hazard's not fair because it's really short. And uh, Zoe is also not, not including because it's really short. Punk Hazard but... and Zoe. Punk Hazard is part of the Dressrosa arc, and then Zoe is part of the Whole Cake arc. Yeah but or a whole cake saga excuse me yeah but is wano a bad arc to you guys um if we're talking uh, i'll let you guys go first actually. no go, you can you can go jake start us uh, off jake be as pessimistic yeah, as you want dog this is your platform so if we're talking yeah. just strictly like when the the act starts so like they're the, on wano not like yes wano exclusively wano, like, i'm not doing any pre i'm um, not doing zo shit i need the mink stuff just wano it's not good. And your turn, guys. I'll follow up later. <laughs> so it's not good. Mic drop. <laughs> so I read, I actually read that article you posted in the group chat, Jake, which was like, Wano is all filler. And I meant what I said when I was like, I, I, One Piece, I believe, sucks week to week. I mean, we can all kind of agree with. It it's some chapters are aggravating. Last chapter um, was amazing week to week, but right, yeah. The cross guild one reveal piece, was amazing. One piece to me for a really long time, one piece has felt very unfortunate on a week to week. Um, I think the charm of one piece is reading it in a volume format, and I can't do that until next year with Wano. So Everything like my opinion is based off of a week to week format. I don't mm. think it's the strongest One Piece arc. I do appreciate though that it is its own story in a way. Like Wano, there I, I the article was really mad that uh, Momonosuke's sister gets so much screen time, and I'm like. I don't think this fool has ever read a One Piece chapter in his entire life because that is every One Piece arc. And I think it's because 
every saga of one piece is meant to be looked at as that like i picked up i went to the library i picked up a book and i read this book it would be really unsatisfying if these like one-off characters that are introduced were nobodies like there needs to be an arc for them kumurazaki going from a prostitute to finding like proving that she is odin's daughter is a really good arc whether whether you didn't see it week to week or not you know that is a really good arc for a character i think uh tracking momonosuke's journey through the multiple sagas but specifically in wano i think is again it's a little boy coming to terms with the fact that they are odin's son and the ruler of wano and i i think that you get the samurai as well like you have literally beaten down dogs literally a beat dog getting confidence these are all very good story arcs that get lost in a week-to-week format do i care that fatso got blown up when he took out uh or attempted to take out uh the painter no because like i don't remember why i'm supposed to like him because (laughs) i get 36 chapters a year and his big moment was 50 chapters ago like that's that's the thing so when you introduce and again it's one piece this is probably going to be a trend that carries over into the next saga there are so many characters in one piece that we are going to be bouncing between a bunch of them and there are probably more than 30 characters in one piece that are going to be highlighted in this next arc you are going to for for sure that yeah exactly you are going to forget these storylines so i personally can't say if it's a shit arc when i've only read it week to week if that makes sense no i so i i agree with a lot so i'm gonna give a because i've changed my opinion and thought on this a lot since um i i was unaware like i knew wano wasn't like in in indomarok Wano's probably not my top three arcs. I think my top three are pretty solidified forever, which is I'm probably I'm even okay with if One Piece ends and I never technically get like another Water 7 slash Andy's Lob, which I consider one arc, mm-hmm. Alabasta or Marine Ford. Those to me are like pretty those are like my S tier arcs for One Piece. Yeah. Um I'm asking you guys a question though, and I'm curious. And this is why I think Wano, though, is actually a really good arc. It's just not the arc anybody wanted to take four years of their life. Yeah, I I think people wanted Kaido to be bigger. I think that's a big reason why people weren't happy with it. But see, I I I thought that Kaido for a being solid month, Kaido think... being pinned down to roof piece, I think really rubbed people the wrong way. Actually, that's going to be good though in the long run. Um, I, I, also asked, th- I also think it'll be good in the long run. So I ask, who would you guys say, and this is a really weird thing that I do, and I don't recommend anybody fucking doing it, but I get about X amount of hours on my computer a week to kind of have like background things. And so what I do whenever One Piece Art ends is I rewatch Marine Ford, or at least throw it on in the background. Um, and there's a very important reason I do this. Asking you guys off the top of your head, who are your top three 
MVP takeaway characters for Marine Ford. You want to go, Jake? Or Jake is muted. Oh, Jake, you, you can go first. I'm, I'm not <laughs> oh. uh, totally. I'll need a second. Like you thing say about top three, top three characters. Uh, hell, go top if you want to go three to five. Like your 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 handful of characters who are like they were the most, they were the biggest takeaways of Marine Four. Takeaways meaning like just something that sticks out in my brain. Sticks out, biggest impact. They did the most. Like they were why the arc was what the arc was because that is our uh, one arc that is like these are all the big names. Uh, Whitebeard. Akainu, Shanks, uh, Blackbeard, Sengoku. Fair. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, Jake. Um, if we're talking about like why that arc, like, I think why we can like look back on it and why it still has lasting impact, it just have to be like Whitebeard, Blackbeard, and Ace. Because it's primarily Ace, true, yeah. Ace. Like you can't tell that Ace story without Ace. Sengoku. You can't tell that story, and it was, um, like built up upon like those three characters that whole entire time. So you said Whitebeard, Blackbeard, Ace, right? Yeah, yeah. Not not like specific order, but it's the culmination of like, um, the like the Whitebeard pirate story, mm-hmm. and the culmination of Ace's B story and One Piece too. Yeah. He's literally like been tracking Blackbeard the whole time. So, and it's why I think, and I texted you guys this earlier this week or yesterday, I think even, um, and Jake told me I was a raging idiot. So (laughs) I will, I will go back and forth, by the way, if I think Luffy should die or not by the end of the story, a lot of me says no, but there's part of me that says yes. No, I I, I didn't call you an idiot. I just, I don't want, I don't want to say. I was was called the raging idiot. I don't want to be bittersweet. Say what say what your chest out. Uh, Uh, You you go, Justin. (laughs) So, and this is where I think Wano will be really good in remembrance, maybe not in real time. Wano's the end of an era. And I think Oda specifically wanted to address that. Marine Ford, part of what makes Marine Ford so cool is like we leave Whitebeard there. Mm -hmm. We leave essentially for fighting reasons, we leave Sengoku there. We leave Garp there. We leave that version of Akainu there for all intents and purposes. Akainu has not actually lifted a finger to fight since Marine Ford. Mm-hmm. Wano is the end of Kaido. It is the end of Big Mom. It is the confirmation there's no more Whitebeard Pirates with Marco being solo. It is no more Odin. We get this flashback even uh, going in that story of like, this is the, which was Roger's last journey, which was with Odin. We get Roger and Whitebeard's last fight. We get all of these lasts. And I think Oda specifically wanted to make that an emphasis. When we go into this final saga, these are all the characters that in real time have been built up over 25 plus years. Marine Mm -hmm. Ford is really cool. But it's not going to be as cool as Luffy's final war because Whitebeard pulls up. Cool. He makes earthquakes. He's a big motherfucker. He's scary. Nobody will ever say a cool thing about Marine Ford is all the fucking captains of the new world because we don't know them. And we've never even gone back to address them. We just know they're Whitebeard's homies and they're a part of his story, which dies there. 
the remainder of One Piece, the Admirals, we're all familiar with. Blackbeard, we're familiar with. Obviously, like the Straw Hats, the Armada, Law, Kid. This is everybody who is real-time making an impact. And the whole purpose of Wano, I'm pretty convinced of, is Oda saying, I now have my cast that I want to go sail to the end with. Everybody who's not a part of that, I got to start putting these people down. Kaido, you were the strongest creature, not named Roger or Whitebeard. I, I, I love you. You did your purpose. I got to put you in the ground. Big Mom, you were the strongest woman on this planet for 40 years. I got to put you in the ground. And it's even somewhat of a continuation from the previous arc, which I don't, Zoe, once again, I don't really count the mini arcs when I'm uh, deciphering One Piece. With Dressrosa, Doflamingo was the black market. He was the underworld. You are no longer the underworld. I got to put you down. I'm going to show you guys Sengoku and Suru. I'm putting them away. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you that they are no longer a part of the story. Your boy is wearing shorts. The homie who was literally down to send his son into this suicidal mission, have a Kainu genocide pirates in the gnarliest way possible is like, I'm chilling with like my half-assed tie and some beach shorts. I'm out of the story. And he continues that into Wano by putting out all these big characters. Odin, who you could argue was the strongest swordsman. Well, Roger probably beats him, but like, the two strongest swordsmen in the world, Odin and Roger. I'm putting you two down. It's now Shanks and Mihawk's era. Also during Wano, when we get the flashbacks, is he flashes to the young versions of everybody who's going to matter in this final saga. We see a young Shanks. We see a young Blackbeard. Um, like, this is essentially Wano in totality, which to Matt's point of like, it'll look better in volumes or even the entirety of one piece once it's done wano is the end of roger's era there is nobody left going forward with besides shanks and you could really make an argument like shanks will never lose the connection because we uh i was reading um or one of the i'm sorry one of the youtubers i like to watch is he talked about how skewed we all are is most people found One Piece through like that really shitty uh four kids opening where it was yeah. like Gold Roger, the king of the pirates, had wealth fame. And it's like, but it's not actually Roger's story. That's just the first thing we ever heard. Um, I put in the group text. I'm like, I can't wait for Zebix to actually get some backstory because I think the world is a lot more shaped like Zebic left it than it was Roger left it. Mm. And Roger's world for all intents and purposes and shanks was fucking what what age do we think he was when roger finally expanded the crew 12 13 like young as fuck uh i think he's 15 or 16 okay so he's he is he is still a kid and he wasn't and they make and oda makes note of it's like he didn't even get to go on like the final journey and so it's like he got kicked off the ship at certain points he was not a he was an apprentice he was not by its true namesake, a Roger pirate. The Roger era is dead with Wano. There was no yeah. longer anybody else who was relevant from that era. And I think Oda specifically, now he writes in a way where, yes, we love it because he technically explains everything to us, but in week to week format and with holidays, when it takes four years to finally, you know, put old Yeller in the ground, 
we don't love every chapter. There's going to be dull moments. There's going to be slow moments. Excuse me. But the setup for this final saga, we've had, what, four chapters of this final saga? You know why everyone's hyped? Because we saw the Admirals, who we know we're going to be a part of this long story. Yeah. We got Kid and Law, who we know we are a part of this. Uh, Jake texted before we started. He's like, yo, I'm calling it. We're going to see Blackbeard. Why? Because we need the last Emperor that hasn't been shown mm-hmm. out of the current Emperors. We get Mihawk and Crocodile. Like, everybody's it's all, here. It's all new. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So when we get that final war with Luffy, we're going to be shitting our pants when the other captains pull up. Because we know them. And I think Oda specifically, like, Wano is the swan song of Roger's era. And I, to that degree, I'm not going to say Wano was like, it's it's definitely not perfect in week-to-week arc. And mm-hmm. if people want to criticize the ending because Oda's trying to make it line up with Red, I can't defend that. Yeah, um, that's fair. That's, that's a little unfortunate. I wish it wasn't done that way. But at the same time, it's like, technically everything still probably happened the way he wanted it was just it was a little rushed it was like hey we have an admiral and oh now we have shanks and now shanks is gone and now the admiral's gone it's like okay that was probably gonna happen anyway just was a little rushed but the entirety of wano i think wano will in its totality is a nine out of ten arc because it is the end of roger's era you know i think it's super interesting that you compare it to marine ford in a way because they're even shaped the same. Onigashima and they, Marine Ford have the same looking battlefield. Yeah, it's it's a that's a really good comparison, honestly. Because I, it again, the New World B story. Uh, I'm sorry, Paradise's B story was Ace going after Blackbeard. This is mm-hmm. what's happening. Once they get once the Straw Hats make it to the New World, the B story is the Samurai story. And right, right up until you hit the raid, and Momonosuke is about to be executed above everybody else. Like it's a really good parallel to Marine Ford, mm-hmm. which I think also kind of gets me more hype for this upcoming saga because sure. it is all new potentially. It's all guys. The only characters like that are going into this final saga that are you could argue were too old. Like I said. Um, I want to see a Garp Shanks conversation. I don't want to see a fight. I don't want to see Garp ever punch anybody again. Um, Punches Luffy at the very end. That'd be funny. But he one shots. He one shots the Pirate King. That would that would be funny. But I'm telling you, I don't Oda's want a serious fight. Um, That'll be the last panel. I'm down. It's hundred percent down. It's interesting because it's like the the only characters that are technically like weird about it. If you want to go age group. The admirals are technically weird, but they get a slight pass because they are definitively older than everybody else. Mm. But they get a slight pass in that, like, they are still technically like newer admirals. Like, we Oda's talked about, like, and has given other characters, like, yeah, they held the title of admiral prior to Kizuru, Akainu, and Aokiji. And because we got episode zero, it was like, oh, yeah, we got to see who was an admiral prior to them. Um, and then obviously even Fujitora and Green Bull who are older, but they're still new admirals. So it's like they're still a part of this new world, um, even though their age doesn't technically line up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it'll be... And in the other one who I will say, and as much as I love the character, who is a little weird in terms of age, and I can't really defend, 
or both of my guess is Shanks and Mihawk. They are technically from a slightly older era. They're like whatever you want to call in between Rogers and and like Whitebeard, Big Mom, Kaido's. I don't even know if it's their ascension. They were probably I mean, they're already the post there. Rogers. Mm-hmm. They're but they're like on the same timeline, which is weird. Like Roger and the Rocks Pirates or the remnants of the Rock Pirates are technically still on like a really similar timeline. Um, whereas Mihawk and Rock and Shanks are kids at the start of that. So they're they're a well, little what, funny, but I'm what I mean overlook. is they built their their rep post Rogers, like Oh yeah, no, a thousand percent. That, that's how their space was built. Whereas um uh Kaido and Big Mom were already established. Um, I like that you said Wano was like the end of the Rogers era, mm-hmm. where it's like kind of to me the way I was thinking of it was that, um, and the, and this is no way a disagreement, just like different perspective, but really it was the end of like Zebek's era because this is how long lasting the, that crew was, and we're finally just getting rid of those two. Whereas, if anything. Rogers like Rogers wasn't having like a global impact when he was alive. His impact was um his farewell. And so mm-hmm. the the worst generation are all there's no worst generation without his uh last words. So like I kind of like looking at it as like you're seeing the fruition of what his he planted with the end of Wano. I also to a, a quick side note, and it's and I could be totally wrong or though because be fucking with me. Uh, do you guys think it's weird Zebek didn't have a bounty? Like they announced Roger had the highest bounty of a pirate in history, and Zebek never had a bounty. Apparently, that went over five point six. I don't know um, if that's I think he probably the... had a bounty, just not as high as Rogers. You don't yeah. think that's weird though? If like the Rocks Pirates are like this, this is why I think well, the world shaped he... after him because well, he was going after the history. Rocks was just scary. Um, yeah. I was I figured Zebek is so ancient history. Like Whitebeard had just died a couple years prior to them. Zebek's only forty bounty. years out, and technically exactly. Roger That's... had a name. Like Garp got his ascension, and Roger, Roger Rod... was a king, but Roger Rod... became a big time pirate, and yeah. Garp became the hero at the end of Zebek. Well, this I is think... when i'm i'm sure zebek has a bounty i still there's a theory that i have that zebek was the i don't want to say king of the pirates but the emperor of the sea at one point Mm -hmm. if that makes sense maybe not like king of the pirates but like the one true emperor (laughs) of the sea that's right and then roger disrupted roger and garp disrupted that and that splintered into the four emperors and see i basically what the world order and i think the world the world gov had a lot more control back then too so there wasn't as many factions they were a lot more uh on in hand like they had a lot more control over everything really um because there weren't so many pirates it wasn't as crazy so his bounty might was probably very high but they also had like a bigger control of like information uh, which like you see throughout the series being a a big factor so like oh, yeah, pro- morgan's fucks the, the right yeah morgan, the news the news guy yeah yeah morgan so, is morgan's the mvp of the one piece world yeah. your boy don't give a fuck so so no, his he's exploits like, i'm trying to get not, that dollar 
like his exploits might not have been known and like sengoku says like the new generation don't like doesn't know who Zebex is Mm -hmm. so and that's just in a 40 year time span like you think they would have heard about them from him from like their parents but no like had a lid on this whereas rogers um i mean he was going after the um the void century information so like that immediately skyrockets his price and uh, we've seen with um uh robin so mm-hmm. so i i i agree with what you're saying um what uh my thoughts were when it came to like zebik's bounty not being shown is i think zebik is the reason they made a bounty system and that's because when you when they realized what it took when the world government essentially realized, like, even after the Battle of God Valley, that it was like, okay, Garp is this, like, nuclear weapon that we have. And even he wasn't enough on his own. So he had to literally rely on the other nuclear weapon on the planet, which is Roger. Um, in their mind, I could immediately, I could see them going, okay, well, maybe this is how we create a bounty system. Because we want to try to knock off somebody before they ever get to this point again. Like, Zevik went... yeah. Not uncontested, but if the no bounties exist, the government just does like like in in real world aspect person like let's take it that way is there's not bounties on criminals like they don't tell us hey if you catch the guy who's robbed Walmart this past week three times we'll give you a hundred bucks. The world government took Zebig as an example and went okay, well what if we do say like hey it's twenty million for this guy or forty million for this guy and if another guy knocks him out that's a problem we don't have to deal with we just pay for it like literally just cash money pay for it and it's shown when you have like kaido at a young age robin at a young age it's like um or even to like i said i just rewatched marine ford again because i'm a crackhead is as soon as luffy shows conquerors hockey it's like kill him like we know what this leads to and we don't want to deal with this fully realized. We don't want to deal with Robin fully realized. We don't want to deal with Kaido fully realized. Because once they get up into these, I, I make the argument that like anybody over a billion is untouchable, essentially. Like, yeah. no one is. Jack is our weakest billion Barry pirate. And nobody wanted to fuck with Jack except the other billion Barry pirates. And so to them... Once over a billion, fine. You're in this space of it's like, okay, now we really have to deal with you. And that's why we keep the admirals. But if we can keep you under like, we could be like 100, 200, 300. I don't want to deal with, I would much rather, a kind of would much rather kill Luffy when he's worth 300 than dealing with him at 3 billion. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know if I agree with the, the idea that the bounty system existed like or zebic create is the reason why there is a bounty system i think that kind of goes against pirates in general and like reading skypea like you had nolan was running around and like doing things and like there are there are ledgers that Robin finds in that galleon of like oh they're sailing the sea like four hundred years prior to the start of the story, mm-hmm. so I don't know if I completely agree with the whole bounty, Zebit creating a bounty system. I think it'd be cool, but I don't but know if I that, agree with it. I I, think... I I do will say what Zebit did create is I think he created. I don't think there was 
war i don't there were no warlords in zevik's time and there was one admiral for sure they didn't have the struct the structure of the world oh I, so I agree my the, yeah my theory is, has been for a bit that the defeat of zevik and the splinter of his crew is what created the, the new naval system the new naval system but like the the world's structure all right we're gonna have four emperors of the sea in the new world to like deal and like i i wouldn't be surprised like they're not gonna touch each other because we are gonna keep track of them uh i shanks makes a comment of in between actually during the skypia stuff like they cut to shanks and shanks is like i need to go meet with whitebeard and his whole crew goes the government's not going to let you do that like that's a whole thing that happens so the government doesn't let these four deal with each other yeah but what they do do is one they're never going to try to go become king because they don't interact with one another um and they'll eat up all the pirates that are after gold rogers stuff mm-hmm. they'll literally eat up anything that makes it into the new world if they happen to get past the three admirals and the seven warlords in paradise mm-hmm. one of those warlords being a group of pirate hunters at the very start of the new uh the grand line and one being Mihawk, who you just think, might uh, run into and, on Saturday. And, and, and uh, you get, I mean, also Moria, very successful pirate hunter. Oh, yeah. He, he hangs out in the Bermuda Triangle and, like, just kidnaps eats pirates. Yeah, he just eats, like, Brooke's a perfect example of that. Not that I perfect. think um, another factor of the um, boundary system is it's, like, an example of the government losing control of the situation like they have to like try and bribe people to go after oh a thousand uh, percent Brooke, so Brooke like you're a... just seeing it like these wild numbers expand 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 whereas like there was not nearly this many people with this many high bounties previously had a bounty to put a nail to broke out a bounty and roger was a rookie at the time so no yeah. correct correct yeah. now Here's my thing. Do we know when Roger's rookie year was? We don't. Okay, well, so now I don't. So Roger's rookie year to the to the world technically could be post Zebic. The two who, because I thought about Brooke when I was thinking about this, the two who fucked me up, and I just don't know if they have retroactive bounties are uh, Bragi and Dory, because they're over a hundred years old and they both have a bounty of almost a hundred million. They okay. would, but I don't know, and this is why, like I said, uh, I could be totally wrong. I, I, if their I, they, bounties are retroactive, their bounties posters were pretty old. No, and like, yeah, those were old. Yeah, like I, I said, I I preface this with saying I could be dead ass wrong because Oda could. Just... I think it'd be I think it'd be really cool. I just think that you're right. I forgot about Dory and Brogy, and they were worth a hundred million a hundred yeah. years prior to the start of the story. Correct. Um. um and the I like Mr. Three even brings up the point of like, oh, it might be a hundred years, but these are still valid. So I'm yeah. gonna get them. <laughs> like um we will I had to get that one one piece conversation because this is that's fair. one piece podcast. Now I want to get to Jake's favorite part of the show because I know Jake has been waiting for this. Vinland saga, Jake. What are your <laughs> thoughts on if Thorfinn is a slave? 
I don't know. <laughs> Haven't read it yet. Um. So, um. Obviously, we we talked this a couple episodes ago where Jake and Matt were telling me like just watch JJK, watch JJK. Tell me for months and they're like just watch it. You'll like it. Trust me. Years. And I said <laughs> sure, Years. and then I just I I didn't watch it, and then I finally did watch it, and I really liked season one. And then Jake was like, read it. So I read about uh. So season one basically ends on chapter 65 um which is a shit ton by the way uh for 20 yeah. episodes to cover 65 chapters yeah um, they, i was really surprised how much they packed into the first season because i mean that was most of the manga at that point i'm so <laughs> excited for shibuya like I, uh, no, it told me ins- no that's what i thought in my head i was like his season and i think this is a smart idea by the way i don't know their schedule the flashback being like its own like 10 episode season is a really cool idea. Make it an OVA. Don't make it an OVA. I was going to say make it a sequel to the movie. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't even like that. It's too long. I like, but I think it, and, and this is in my head. Now, once again, if they're going to go 60 chapters a season, this doesn't work. But if you're willing to slow the fuck down a little bit and go, and and forty chapters, which is or it's like thirty five, I think is the total. Um, thirty three to thirty five is the actual flashback amount of chapters because technically, the last couple chapters I read where I have to reread like ninety five to hundred because, like I said, I got burned out. Um, mm. But basically, it's Gojo's in the prison realm, and he's still hilarious because it's like, how do you Let's deal with homie? Yeah, yeah, he's like, which by the way, One Piece is the king of one liners. JJK is really fucking clever with its one-liners and that they say one thing to be like, this matters. Well, why does it matter? Time doesn't pass in here. Ah, you clever prick. I feel you, Gojo. I feel you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But, so yes, I read through the entire uh, Shibuya flashback, the incident. Um, You finished Shibuya? Yeah, I'm on chapter 101. I'm gonna touch on that real quick. I don't think that, he's that's in like Shibuya. the. Oh no, sorry, Shibuya. No, he, no, that's Shibuya. Shibuya, Pr- Shibuya is the flashback, right? Yeah, no, that's no, no, no. Shib- Shibuya is right after. So you're. Oh, you're I'm, in, okay. So I'm the doing prison the is in Shibuya. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So okay, you're okay, at the, like okay. you're at like the start of. Shibuya. You are correct. Yeah, you start are of Shibuya. So yeah. Star vessel incident. We, we have to tread carefully, Matt. Gotcha. So the star vessel incident. So let's let's just find nice like a nice clean segue and just not talk about anything after the flashback because i don't want to accidentally spoil no that's 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 totally fine um because that was actually what i wanted to address and we got about uh 15 20 minutes yet before we got to kick people out so the flashback um when it starts uh i liked it a lot i was now obviously the problem is when you get flashbacks and you see characters that you already know you're waiting for like the okay, what happens? Because obviously, uh, Gojo and Geto have they essentially swapped personalities for the most part. Like Gojo is kind of this asshole kid who's just like, well, I'm too strong to care. Why do I give a fuck? Like, my power is. Oh, that was one of my first beefs, by the way. Just a really side note here, I did not care, and I know it's legitimate. I did not give two fucks about the whole like the way to stop or slow Gojo down is put him around a bunch of people because his power is not isolated to 1v1 fighting. I've seen way too many animes and way too many collateral damage that that part to me, I was like, they made this whole deal. They're like, 
Andrew surround him with people. And it's this really big panel. And I'm like, all right, guys, I don't give a fuck. Well, like, did, did you I, remember what they said? They're like, he's willing to make the sacrifice. But no, they say that right. They say many. that literally right <laughs> afterwards. So I'm like, and Gojo did not come off even prior to the flashback. He's a good guy in season one or those first 60 chapters. He is not some holier than thou character. He is not no. this guy who's like, I must save everyone. That is Itadori. So that to me was already like, okay, that's a more relevant point. If like, if you, if they switch powers and obviously I don't know as much as you guys do, but if Susana had the same power, theoretically, like Itadori would have more of an issue using it because he would want to try to save everyone. That's his thing. Gojo, not so much. So that's mm-hmm. just real quick side tangent. Um, but Gojo's an asshole. Geto is very much like, you gotta save non-sorcerer. Like they're just, I like that a lot, actually, in his personality, um, because it felt very much like an adult kid dynamic where it's like, you got to look out for kids. Even if they're not your kids, you got to look out for kids. As a society, as people, we got to do it because kids don't know, but they don't know any better. You got to protect them, right? And I love kids. So to me, really like Ghetto, the first part of this flashback. Um, He also isn't a bitch, which I thought was really impressive to write him in that position when gojo up to that point and in the flashback is still this monster of a character so to have somebody who's writing right beside him who is still not as impressed no, i'm sorry impressive is not the right word it's not as strong as gojo obviously but it's still really impressive next to him i thought that was really cool that it's like gojo can be this otherworldly monster in that story the ghetto ain't no bitch so really like ghetto the first part of the flashback. Uh, this the 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 star vessel and 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 sinking it with the old man. I was kind of like, okay, that's just to me that was more of a means to an end. I I now maybe it expands on what's his name Tengen Tensen Tengen Tengen. Maybe that expands and he gets Tengen. more, and so maybe I will care more about that later down the road. But that storyline was more of means to an end for me. It was like, hey, this is our mission. It's um, it's the bridge builder in the Zabazar. I really don't care about the bridge builder. He's just kind of a means to an end. Cool. Then you get your boy who I really enjoyed watching Ghetto and Gojo getting their ass whooped. I thought that was very much a refreshing thing to see. Um, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Especially especially after season one um, where Gojo is really just arrogant because he knows he's that strong, which is really good for his character. So I liked seeing him get his shit pushed in. And I liked the way they did it too, because it's stabbed in the face. <laughs> yeah, he was stabbed in the throat. throat. throat fate, head. <laughs> it's a really cool shot or a really so cool funny. panel. And it's also not bullshit that he lives because they've already established, like, this is how regeneration works in that world because of cursed energy, cursed techniques, mm-hmm. and the, like, the outline is there. So it's like, yeah. oh, shit, Gojo stabbed. Oh, okay, wait a minute. Go, go, Gojo's going to be okay. Then he tears Gojo up some more, and it's like, all right, that's, that's, that's a lot. I'm, I'm curious <laughs> yeah. how far regeneration goes in this world. Um, Very far. <laughs> but oh. I'm like... I haven't seen enough yet. <laughs> yeah. But 
even Gojo explains in a cool way where he was like, hey, look, man, you stabbed me in the throat and I knew I couldn't win the fight. So I immediately just started healing. Like I was not winning. You, you, you jumped me. Congratulations. You jumped me. I got sucker punched. You win round one. Let's go round two. Um, I also did like, uh, I like the concept of putting it in early that like being, which I'm sure gets expanded on even more. But the fight between cursed users and non-cursed users is not just relegated to, yes, to some degree they have to cheat if you're a non-cursed user and either use a cursed weapon, I accept your boys like, nah, I just grabbed the gun because y'all can't sense guns. Y'all sense shit that like has energy, but if it just is literally a knife or literally a gun, can't do shit so, with it. So he, yeah, so... Um, they they actually established this from like the very start of the manga because you need cursed energy to, to kill cursed energy and this correlates to sorcerers. Mm-hmm. So if sorcerers aren't killed with cursed energy, if they just die, then they have a chance of turning into a cursed spirit like mm-hmm. Sakuna or something. Um, so that's why Maki has to use um cursed tools because if she kills the curse, if she like hurts the curse spirits with a normal sword it's just going to grow right back that there's yeah. no like significant damage. And that's why um, it's nice because like when he kills the star vessel, he's just like, all right, a uh, secret power gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... No, that was, that was, it was cool to see. Like um, I think a character who is forever entrenched in anime history is Rock Lee. And so anytime he shows up in yeah. a story, I think it's fantastic. And exactly. this to me felt like, Okay, this is the rock. This is Rockley, just a little more violent and carries a nine. And Rockley, terrifying. <laughs> yeah, Edition. no, it's the, the it's, street Rockley. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then like, okay, so they like they go through the mission, they get fucked up. Gojo pulls back up after your boy thinks he got his bounty, and he's like, "Hey, psych bitch, I'm alive." The next like five to ten chapters are to me like this really weird space of where i think certain things ramped up and i think certain things were just reiterated for in my mind not the most valid reason i don't know if that was probably the wrong way to say it but like like i love the one panel specifically of when gojo was born the world was fucked up because he distorted the power scale at birth because of the six eyes Mm -hmm. and I don't even have the full, the black story doesn't give me, I'm sure the full, it's not the full, what the six eyes are or its full extent. And I'm, you know, that'll progress as I go farther. Um, But that's on theme with what Gojo has been is like, he is this anomaly of a, a, a being. I don't even want to call him human anymore, but he's, he's this anomaly of a being who's just too strong to deal with. And that's why the world knows Gojo. The ramp up from ghetto and I said this in the group text, is that I wish the same way in Naruto, I wish I had more missions prior to the tuning exams besides Zabuza, because then it would kind of show Sasuke's descent. It would feel more meaningful to me. Ghetto, with only one mission being highlighted, I understand that there is an actual time gap, and I understand that there is, in their world, stuff that happens, but to see only one definitive mission and then just this spiral into an entirely different personality to me felt weird. Not saying it's not going to be justified by the end of it, 
I just wish, in all honesty, I wish I had a second mission. I think I would I would lose all of my gripe if I had like one more really like fleshed out mission or thing that happened to make him go for uh nah fuck context. I'm gonna kill all these fucking monkeys. I well, I so I just I, yeah. I I always looked at it and I was like Jujutsu Kaisen does trauma really well yeah i I, i've said that i i mean i haven't said that for shit because you haven't read it but uh, (laughs) me and jake me and jake talk about this every week and like i think the way they handle trauma is i i don't want to say realistic but like very close as best as you're gonna get in a shonen yeah and i i looked at the flip in their personalities and i went you only need one traumatic event and gojo literally becoming the strongest person in the world by unlocking reverse curse techniques um and ghetto who had this very strong conviction being told in this traumatic event it didn't matter your conviction doesn't matter yeah I that and him mulling that over like they still went on missions right I still did their day to day but it's so inconsequential to what Toji the Toji fight and the star um the star vessel incident in Mm -hmm. as a whole um that one event is so traumatic a year later they're still thinking about it and their ideals have, have flipped like when you, what what does the strongest person in the world do when they know they are the strongest person in the world you know like see that, i think like, that question was that deep and maybe like i'm just maybe i'm missing it's, something it's, so it's my it's my favorite line in the series but i, I like to build up to it so G- Guido's like fall is like it takes place a year later and like we're shown like the first the year time skip it's like October two thousand seven. I'm really surprised he's so specific with the months and years, but he is. Um, so he like always has been. Or it's not really October. Interesting. Um, so in August two thousand seven, a year after the star uh, vessel incident, that's uh, we're seeing like Ghetto explaining how his new power works, how he just keeps his brain running constantly, and he's not frying himself. Um, so he's officially peaked. Yes, and then yeah. so he's he's giving that explanation to Guido and um, the girl. I can't remember her name. Um, and during this whole time, but we also get an explanation of how Guido's power work, and he literally has to like swallow the curses and taste how awful they are. And so you're seeing like this awful thing happens. He gets um, told by Toji like you got defeated by a monkey. So, and then we see that carry over later where Guido's constantly calling everyone monkeys. It's like this insult that Toji rubbed in his face where he was mocking him and he's like carrying that over. Mm-hmm. Um, but so like you're seeing like Guido literally has to ingest this negativity. And so he's like clearly not feeling good. We see him in like in a slump and then he, he's like greeted by um, that like very positive sorcerer who's, who dies right away. But um who's basically trying just shown as like collateral of the world they live in and 
so Gita is like, and then he meets uh, Yuki, and she just literally tells him straight to his face, "None of what what happened to you mattered." And this is as, as he's been sitting on it for a year, like, and he already had problems with like a support superiority complex. He was already like feeling terrible, and so he gets told that. Then um, the his junior dies, and then he like goes on to this mission where he's told, um, where he's like faced with um normal people the ones that generate the curses he has to ingest day after day mission after mission imprisoning sorcerers the ones that help him or help them and keep them alive uh his own kind and so that, that's like the snap but the um and then right after that we get the the line are you satoru because you're the strongest or are you the strongest because you're satoru and that's kind of like a, a direct attack at his identity gojo's identity because everyone's always like everyone like do people in that universe value him because of his strength or because of who he is and previously it was just because who he is but now he is actually the strongest and gojo's telling him well Guido, you can't do your plan his evil genocidal plan <laughs> um because of how terrible it is because it's impossible and uh, Guido like rightly rightfully throws in his face is like well you could do it so you're saying might makes right here. So if I, if you could do it, why can't I? So I will. Um, I think the reason why it's like. And this could be and you you, you said Shonen Brink, which is why I said you called me a belligerent idiot, um, <laughs> which I do have Shonen Brink with some of this stuff. I will totally. And that's why I'm like, I'm not willing to get. No, I, I, I didn't I, appreciate that line. Because I like, I think I had like burned through those chapters real fast yeah. too. Because I had taken a break, and then I like, I just didn't. I was like flipping through it because I was so hyped from the Toji fight, and I'm like, oh, it's just backstory, blah blah blah. And then I went back and read it, and I started to appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, I'll appreciate it. So I am really excited, by the way. To and I said this is like with the things that I dabble in is like i i said i have to reach i'm probably gonna reach after like 94 95 up to 100 the next time i uh tomorrow i think it is when i go reading again and because i just when taking in large amounts of that shit it does lead to some burnout especially because like i use the example with you guys in the text i'm like i wouldn't want to become a football fan again tomorrow i would not want to have to try to relearn everything about the fucking nfl to become a fan again so when it comes to reading new series and especially like that amount of like, it's why I actually I've enjoyed more like the newer series that I have gotten into. I enjoy watching like the season one of their anime first because it's a slower, essentially it's a slower paced form of taking in what they're trying to give me. Uh, like my hero, it worked really well for season one. I think my hero season one is fantastic. Um, and it was a really good for me to be like, okay, I will, I'm now willing to read this because now I'm, I want to know what happens next, but I'm just not down to read 40, 50 chapters every single time or read a hundred chapters, whatever it is to catch up. Um, so the shonen part of my brain, which is why I will say, yes, I probably have this little shonen is the origin of ghetto and um, Gojo's relationship felt to me very like dry. Orochimaru. And so I kind of read it with a little bit of, I've seen this like and there's and yes it has a, a slightly different twist dry was never like the I think dry is the strongest non modded I think he's the strongest natural human in Naruto 
but that don't count for much towards the end of that series. Whereas I hope JJK keeps Gojo as the strongest thing besides Sukuna up until the end. Um, so like, like I said, it was just to me and I would, and I still said the backstory is like an eight or nine out of 10. And so far JJK has been like an eight, nine out of 10. I just wish. And to our earlier point of like authors wanting to write X amount of chapters, not everybody wants to be Oda or even Kishimoto or Kubo and write these five or six chapters and explain a lot more. I just wish I had one more mission. And to me, if I had one more mission, like if I had a mission with the kid, who I'll be honest with you, I can't remember his name, before he dies, I think I would have, then I'd be sold on the backstories like a 10 out of 10. Because it would almost be like this, hey, this happened, he mulled on it for a year, and he was like, nah, it it can't be that bad, right? And so he takes his kid out, and they go on a mission, this kid has promise, and he likes him, and the kid gets his fucking head splattered against a wall, like the fucking dog from the first uh, special grade. And it's like, okay, that to me would feel like, oh yeah, your boy snapped. Like, like you guys say, like, oh, it only takes one traumatic incident. I personally don't believe in the life it takes just like one traumatic incident. I think it takes a certain kind of traumatic incident or you to witness it, if that makes sense. Like, I have um, and I don't really know him, so my apologies to this person. Um, but I, we, we are related or we're related. I had an uncle uh, that ended up doing something really bad to himself. I didn't know him very well. I knew of him. I had seen him like maybe two or three times in my life, but I didn't know him very well. But what he did would be traumatic. Uh, my grandmother's all more impacted because this was her nephew and she saw him as a kid, et cetera, et cetera. To me, even though what he did was technically traumatic, I didn't see it, nor did I know him like that versus when you have the traumatic moment that you see whether you are whether you know the person or not like if you lose a family member that's really close that's traumatic if you were to see someone get their brains blown out in front of you whether you knew them or not that's traumatic so to me the star vessel incident which yes he technically did see someone get shot in front of him but for this world it's kind of normal like your boy has seen death so to me, that shouldn't be the thing that like punctures his hole or 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 snaps him essentially. The old people, which I do love the consistency of because the old people essentially turned his friend into this guy. Gojo still hates the old heads, even season one of beginning of the manga. Old people being cunts. Well, eh, I to me, once again, I don't know if that's like I'm putting the line at Jacob. This is another one of those. I'm just gonna laugh, and it's not the one for me to laugh. Um I I don't know if that is necessarily the thing that makes me snap. Old people being cuts, right? So I guess where I'm going with this is like the way I read it and took it in, and maybe it'll feel different once I'm like removed from going, like I said, just like chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter, boom, boom, boom. It didn't feel like this traumatic moment that should totally just like burn him the fuck out. Um we do got to close out here, so I'll give you guys the last um, 30 seconds to respond to that part. If you just want to call me an idiot, you're more than welcome to. No, they, they, I, I don't know. Even you watch season one of this show. Like, absolutely. The whole, the idea of like curses as a whole, like, wears on the, yeah, on the, 
uh, on the sorcerers. Like, yeah. they're, they're... the power is awful. And to Jake's point, like I forgot about that fact with Kito, where he has to consume all this cursed yeah. energy. Like, um, I, I'm like, I'm like, it might not show, but trauma doesn't always show. But like, mm-hmm. at the end of season one, Megumi opens up his domain, and he's like bleeding out of his eyes, and he's just laughing. Yeah, and he's I'm like, like full I'm, he's lost it because yeah. of like this is the world he lives in and this yeah. is like every yeah and this you know? is someone who didn't never wanted to be a sorcerer in the first yeah. place this is a guy who's composed the entire time up yeah. until basically that and we moment. we see like with nana i mean he tried to get out and that was like dragged back in yeah and like, nana. and he had clearly seen some stuff um it was likely that haibara's death the the positive young dude was the reason he left in the first place and they don't, they don't want to be doing this. No one enjoys it. And it's I think it's like a more realistic exposure of like, like whereas in Naruto and every other battle manga, like violence is the norm. Everyone just like, oh, you fight someone and you're done with it. This is a little bit more yeah. realistic depiction of violence shouldn't be the norm. And these two characters don't go from one event to the other better off uh, after because especially when they're dealing with humans like mm. cursed spirits are one thing and they hate dealing with these ugly entities but it's like when they have to fight other humans that like really weighs on them and we see that with itadori with junji yeah yeah, yeah no I, I i get it this is uh uh we gotta get going but i will say this has been one of my more for not for not having a chapter to go off of this has been one of the most enjoyable episodes um i know we, we talked about the queen make sure you about, cut that out about we had about two hours uh, what do you mean why do we have to cut out the earth queen dying that was a very important part of cora oh yeah the yeah queen. yeah um with that being said uh please go check out at i talk about 9080 at shadow riley the bramble bear on instagram hardshot network on twitter and instagram I was going to do these fucking like intros for us and i was going to give everybody nicknames but i'm gonna do that next week um Appreciate you guys all for listening, and we will see you guys next week. I'll read another 40 chapters of JJK. Peace out, dudes. Peace out. Bye-bye.